Attention people who still care. What simple steps can regular people like us take to fix our broken financial system? This is the question we ask on the Crowd Effect podcast. I am your host, Paul Lovejoy, activist investment advisor at Stakeholder Enterprise. On today's show, the U.S. Federal Reserve on Monday fined Swiss bank UBS $268 million for lousy risk management practices. Holy Ricola! Swiss bank's risk management has more holes in it than that cheese with all the holes in it. Swiss cheese. This story is not cut and dry, so we're going to get right into it today. Okay, so back in March of 2021, Archegos Capital Management, a family office run by American Bill Huang, collapsed after it was unable to meet margin calls from its creditors. The collapse of Archegos triggered a sell-off in the stock market, causing billions of dollars in losses for banks and other financial institutions. Now, margin investing is buying stocks with borrowed money. A margin call is when you have to pay back that borrowed money. Now, Archegos was a highly leveraged investment firm that made large bets on small number of stocks. The firm used a technique called total return swaps to finance its bets. With total return swaps, Archegos did not actually own the stocks it was betting on. Instead, it entered into contracts with banks that gave it the right to receive the total return on the stocks minus a fee. The bank with the largest exposure was Credit Suisse. This allowed Archegos to magnify its bets without having to put up a lot of capital. However, it also made the firm highly vulnerable to losses. If the stocks it was betting on declined in price, Archegos would be required to post additional collateral to the banks. If it was unable to do so, the banks would be forced to sell the stocks, which would drive the prices down even further. This is exactly what happened to Archegos in March of 2021. The firm had been making large bets on a handful of Chinese technology stocks. When these stocks began to decline in price, Archegos was unable to post additional collateral to its creditors. As a result, the banks were forced to sell the stocks, which caused a sharp decline in their prices. Credit Suisse provided $20 billion in financing to Archegos Capital Management. When Archegos collapsed, the triggered sell-off in the stock market caused billions of dollars in uh, losses for Credit Suisse and other banks. Now, Credit Suisse was the hardest-hit bank, suffering a loss of five and a half billion dollars. The collapse of Archegos was a major scandal for Credit Suisse. The bank's internal investigation found that there were a number of failures in its risk management and oversight of Archegos. The investigation found that Credit Suisse had failed to adequately assess Archegos risk profile, failed to put in place appropriate limits on its exposure to Archegos, and failed to monitor Archegos trading activity closely enough. 
So why is UBS getting fined and not Credit Suisse? The Swiss bank, uh, UBS, merged with the other Swiss bank with the sale finalizing just this month. Credit Suisse was on the verge of collapse in March of this year when the Swiss government stepped in and bailed the bank out with a $50 billion loan. Credit Suisse was kind of like the European version of Silicon Valley Bank and First Republic Bank, except a lot bigger. Not only did this Archigo scandal hurt the Swiss bank back in April of, uh, in March of uh, 2021, but in April of 2021, they were also caught up in another scandal, the Greensill scandal. Okay, so Greensill was a supply chain finance company that was providing financing to companies in need of working capital. However, Greensill was using fraudulent accounting practices to inflate its assets. When the fraud was uncovered, Greensill collapsed and Credit Suisse was left with $10 billion in losses. On top of that, when Silicon Valley Bank and Signature Bank collapsed, it led to a wave of deposit withdrawals from Credit Suisse, which had been a major lender to both banks. Credit Suisse lost $7.3 billion in deposits in the first quarter of 2023. So why would UBS merge and buy such a reckless and apparently unethical institution like Credit Suisse knowing that fines were still forthcoming uh, from the Archigo scandal. Well, there's only one reason, right? You can probably think of it. Profit. The combined bank will have 1.6 trillion, with a T, in assets, making it one of the largest banks in the world. This will give UBS a larger footprint in key markets by combining operations. UBS expects to save $5 billion in cost per year. This will help the bank to become more profitable and sustainable in the long run. UBS understands that regulatory fines and penalties are just a cost of doing business. And it's the math is pretty simple to do. $268 million in fines versus $5 billion. Yeah, that's, that's a, a no-brainer by anyone. Okay, so our, our, it, it appears that our global financial system is a series of disasters with just more on the way. And all the fines, penalties, and regulations may limit the severity of these disasters, but it won't stop them. And what's worse, the regulations will do nothing to stop a never-before-seen uh, never scandal and financial disaster. So at the core of uh, the problem with our financial system and what makes it so frail and fragile is this concentration of wealth and power uh, with the most abusive uh, industry uh, and unethical industry in the world today, uh, the financial service industry. And that's not just me saying it. It's not just my point of view. Uh, according to the Violation Tracker Project, which has been tracking corporate fines and settlements since the year 2000, uh, they have uh, recorded that the financial service industry 
has been penalized $377 billion in the last 23 years just in the United States alone. And when you look at the, the most penalized corporations, well, who's at the top of the list? Well, it's all banks. So the most penalized corporation in the United States is Bank of America. The second most is Chase. Third, we get a break here with British Petroleum. Fourth is UBS. Fifth, Wells Fargo. And sixth is Citigroup. Now, the four largest banks in the United States, I just mentioned them. Uh, number one is Chase. Number two, Bank of America. Number three, Wells Fargo. And number four, Citigroup. Well, they these four banks control half of all the banking assets in the United States. And they are just abusing us over and over and over again. And, and all these regulatory fines and penalties, well, it, it's not really doing anything to, to stop it. Uh, like I said, it's just banks understand it's just a cost of doing business. And banks also know that uh, regula uh, regulatory uh, bodies aren't going to overly fine them. Let's say that, um, you know, the Fed uh, and the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau and the Office of the Comptroller of the Currency, they all get together and just hammer Bank of America with a mega fine. Well, they're not going to do that because it will jeopardize Bank of America failing. If they have a, a fine that is just too massive, well, it puts them in a position to fail. And we can't have that because they're too big to fail. Uh, and, and we just saw that with Credit Suisse. And now Credit Suisse merged with UBS, uh, making it even more powerful. And there's a, 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 it's just strengthening this concentration of wealth. When Silicon Valley Bank, Signature Bank, and First Republic Bank, when they all failed, uh, guess what happened? These larger banks absorbed them. And what also happened was uh, a lot of small businesses who uh, held uh, deposits in uh, smaller community banks, well, they were scared that, well, maybe my bank's going to fail too. And so what do they do? They put them into these large institutions, uh, billions of dollars. It was a, a huge redistribution of wealth uh, this year. Uh, and, and it only made them more powerful. Uh, and, and so all we're going to continue to see is the abuse just to continue to rain down on us. Uh, okay, so this is a massive problem. And at this point, I'm, I'm thinking maybe you see that we do have a broken financial system. So what simple steps can regular people like us take to fix our broken financial system? Well, to answer that question, we first have to get to more, uh, dig deeper into the root of uh, the problem here. Um, now, many of us have thought about uh, the way uh, corporations are designed uh, with a corporate bottom line that looks to maximize profits for their shareholders. Now, this, this bottom line, uh, especially when it comes to publicly traded corporations, uh, creates this immense pressure on uh, the employees on this in, on these institution to constantly increase their profits every quarter. Uh, 
So uh, every three months, uh, something called a quarterly report is uh, put out publicly, which states uh, the corporation's um, previous, uh, previous quarter's profits and their projections for the, the next quarter. And if a quarterly report looks great, well, bonuses happen, especially in the financial service industry. Uh, they get these executives get massive, massive bonuses. Uh, but when we have a quarterly report that is poor with losses in the previous quarter and a projection for continued losses, well, the shareholders of that corporation have the legal right to fire the executives which creates this pressure and the executives well they pass on the pressure to the regular employees uh setting up um untenable sales quotas and which uh, will inevitably lead to unethical behavior and it has uh, again and again and again and it, it, it doesn't seem like there's any end in sight uh, because, uh, well, the unethical behavior happens, they get busted, uh, fines happen, regula regulation, more regulations occur, and, well, ultimately, that only makes the um, corporation more expensive to operate. Regulations are expensive, so uh, that only increases the pressure uh, to increase profits because now it's more expensive to operate, so it's harder to get uh, profits. So what do these banking executives and employees do? Well, they get creative uh, with their unethical behavior, double dipping fines and strange fees and 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 hidden costs and 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 it just keeps on happening. And who knows how creative it will be in the future. So here we have this broken financial system, uh, and uh, who gets who gets uh, hurt the most? We do, regular people. Uh, this is it, it, we depend on banks for our the, the the way our economy runs, and our economy is how we survive, and, and not just survive but thrive. And, and so the the foundation of our entire comedy uh, economy is run by. Uh, this this most abusive and unethical industry and and, and something's got to give here and here's what we can do here's the first simple step we can take um, we can take uh, our money out of uh, the uh, abusive banks and put them into local community credit unions now uh, corporations uh, they're designed with to maximize profits for their shareholders credit unions are designed to maximize benefits for their members. So uh, a credit union is nonprofit. So when they get uh, revenue that is greater than their expenses, well, they don't have to disperse it to shareholders. There's no stock price that goes up. Instead, they pump it right back into the credit union uh, and they offer wonderful services for its members like uh, uh, free financial education, uh, free notary service, free medallion service. Um, and, and, and in these local credit unions, oftentimes these are free. Uh, on top of that, uh, they can afford to uh, give its members uh, higher interest rates on their savings accounts. Uh, they can afford to give their members a lower interest rates on loans. 
So it's in your own financial self-interest to take your money out of a commercial bank, especially one of the four major ones, and, and put it into a, a credit union. Um, see, see what, what's happening is these four banks are propping up our economy, just four. And it, it, it doesn't take a lot for if one of these fall or, or just kind of wobble a little bit, people are falling off. And, and that's why uh, we need to have safety nets and, and all this other stuff because of the system of how we're propping things up. Well, we can lower our economy back to the ground floor by putting our money to, to redistributing our money from the big banks to local credit unions. Uh, there are, you know, hundreds and hundreds you know, thousands of, of local credit unions out there. And um, by putting it into the credit union, it, it takes our, our economy uh, that's, that's doing this high wire act and, and puts it on the ground to a solid foundation. And uh, there's more benefits to it. Uh, commercial banks, uh, they have a board of directors that is unelected. Um, uh, well, they are elected by their shareholders, but not by the customers of the bank. Uh, flip that to credit unions. The customers of the credit unions are members and members get to elect the board of directors. And what ends up happening is it's a much, much more diverse board. Uh, you look at the, the board of Silicon Valley Bank and seven of its 12 board members had MBAs from Stanford. And, and that's what you see with these commercial banks. They had these Ivy League uh, MBAs and it creates this very homogenous thinking where there's not a lot of outside the box thinking uh, compared to a credit union where you have people on the board that have nothing to do with uh, the financial service industry. And it, it allows for outside the box thinking and creative thinking. So it's a huge benefit. Okay, so that only does so much for us. Um, and it really doesn't help improve regular people's own income uh, status. So something else that we can do is something called crowd lending. Now, a crowd lending is when a large group of people pool small amounts of money to fund a loan. So uh, this is a way for uh, regular people to uh, loan money to other regular people, to small businesses, uh, to business ventures, um, and to even to startup companies. And this was only made legal just a few years ago. Uh, in, in 2015, Regulation A, play, a Plus was passed. 2016, Regulation uh, Crowdfunding was passed. And it, it, it opened up something called the private market. Uh, the private market is where uh, corporations are designed. And in the past, you had just a handful of wealthy uh, investors and institutional investors that are designing corporations to maximize profits. Well, now uh, with um, regular people, uh, the general public getting access to this private market, well, we can design uh, companies and corporations that look out for the benefit of all stakeholders, not just shareholders. Now, a stakeholder is anyone that has an interest in the success of a business, like uh, customers and employees of a company, uh, the suppliers and vendors, investors and shareholders, 
the community that the company uh, operates in, uh, the environment that the company is in, all these uh, different uh, components are all stakeholders uh, of a company and we can design it. And here's the beauty of it. When we um, uh, engage in crowd lending and, and something else called equity crowdfunding, uh, then uh, who gets to profit from that? Well, regular people do and not the banks. We now get to compete with the banks and we can slowly erode their wealth and power and redistribute that wealth and power back to us, regular people. My name is Paul Lovejoy. I am a crowd investor and I see you are one too. If you'd like to know the three secret steps to fix our broken financial system democratically without confrontation or divisive political action, go to stakeholderenterprise.com.